Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. this the hard way a long long time ago what is your mission to stop the war what war the war to end all wars weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine i walk in behalf wherever you are you are in more danger than you think i cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my, um, secretary, sir. <laughs> she's, she's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Although, I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs, should the occasion arise. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Joygasm. My name is Ross Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me as always, Steve aka Xbox Live Stevevich, as we begin this wonder of an episode 11 on this June 3rd, 2017. Watch happening russ oh man i am feeling wonderful today steve how are you feeling very wonder 
full. <laughs> we thought it was fitting to launch this episode with a trailer from Warner Brothers' latest offering, Wonder Woman, which is going to be our topic of the day. I know I am very much looking forward to just diving in. How about you, Steve? Are you feeling good? Head first, Russ, diving in. Ooh, I think I might even do a cannonball right into Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Well, we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. We, we first want to be able to do some uh, some house cleaning, some plugs, all the usual jargon. We definitely would encourage you guys to um, contact us on Twitter, twitter.com uh, at TV. You can, uh, you know, have any questions you want to ask, comments, or perhaps even something wonderful to say. Uh, you can do that, or you can find us on facebook.com slash joygasmtv. We're also on soundcloud.com slash joygasmtv. So, Steve, sir, what exactly have you been up to? What have you been playing? Um, you know, I thought on based on the last episode, I was in a little uh, Pirates of the Caribbean mode. Arr, matey. And so I thought, why not put Black Flag back in the old oh, Xbox? Oh, little Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I hadn't, I hadn't played it uh, since I got the new uh, TV. Mm-hmm. So... I turned all the Xbox settings to max. Yeah. As far as, you know, video playback and whatnot. And um, it looks great on there. Very nice. Now, that one, how, what year did that come out? Uh, I think that was like 2013. 2013. Yeah. Now, did you already beat the game? Or yeah. Did, okay. So yeah. you actually just revamped it back up. Right. I, I didn't start from the beginning. I kind of wanted to, but um, I noticed I, I was about 93% complete and I already knew I beat the game so I thought well maybe I just need to craft a few things or find a few other things so um I just figured I'd search around and enjoy it for a bit it's kind of cool I don't I mean I I know you've only played it a tad bit but one of the nice little touches in the game is that if you're sailing somewhere your crew Mm -hmm. starts to sing uh old uh pirate songs I I forgot (laughs) I, I forgot what the uh there's a word they they use for it. I, can't, I forgot what it's called, but um, you know, so oh hey up she rises. Oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. You know, and that that's so cool. I love. There's like 23 of them in there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that's cool. It almost makes you not want to uh, fast travel. It kind of just makes you want to sail. Oh sure. Uh, to get to your next destination. I, I think I actually have that game. That's one of the mini games that I still have not even like begun to play. I, I, yeah. I have this whole stack of games that I'm still trying to get through. And it's it's my mission. My mission to get through and get caught up properly, especially before all the huge other avalanche of games comes through. And I don't know if I'll be able to realistically get through it, but that is the goal. So we'll right. see how it goes. Did you play anything else other than that? Eh, well, Russ, played a little bit of Overwatch. Oh, I like the sound of that. And uh, so I was doing competitive, mm-hmm. and I got to show you something, something here, right? Oh, a little show and tell, I see. Um, So I finished up my little competitive season, my little placement. Okay. And that's how I placed. Rush take a look at that. Whoa. <laughs> little 8 out of 10. Not too shabby. Dang, dude. Okay, so for those of you who obviously can't see this, I'm looking at Steve's phone, and he just got through the latest uh, beginner season opener. Season opener? Season opener? <laughs> season opener. So opener. Opener, opener season. season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, nice job. Win, 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 loss. Win, 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 loss. Win, win. Like, that's... 
That's full of win right there, if mm-hmm. I do say so myself. I'm impressed. Way to go. So are you starting out in the silver tier or are you gold or Actually, what are you? Actually, it started me off in copper, which I was kind of surprised at. I oh, thought, wow. Copper. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, here's what it what it did there. I think it was, it say 1455, Yeah. which I was like, okay, eight out of 10. I thought it would be placed higher, but. That is, that's actually really surprising. I thought that you'd be placed way higher than that. Right. So. Well, hey, I mean, way to start the new season off with a bang, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. I haven't even begun to do that in Overwatch. I'm actually kind of scared, too. I feel, I'm afraid I'm going to lose, like, yeah. every time. But uh, that that won't stop me. I'll still be a glutton for punishment. Uh, so n- no real stories. I mean, th- those matches were... Were they pretty intense? They were intense, like mm, like balls to the wall intense. Uh-huh. Uh, were the, was there a lot of chatter? There surprisingly wasn't. Oh, so you 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 got to experience what I experienced, where yeah. like nobody talks. Yeah, okay. There there was a, a few matches where there was chatter, but they were speaking so quiet. I mean, they were. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're introverts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you guys? Well, maybe, maybe their volumes turned down too low. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no. oh, shy man. perhaps. Or maybe they're they're just as cool as a cucumber yeah. in the midst of uh, life threatening danger. That's what I think it is. <laughs> so. Uh, that's been it. Rose, what about you? What about me? I have been absolutely loving Injustice 2. That's, that's been a game that's been taking up most of my time. I've noticed. <laughs> I was waiting for you to sign on last night and I was like, eh, should I ask him about it? And like, coming on to Overwatch? Nah. Uh, I wondered if you were on or not because I was just like, oh, well, yeah, if he is, he's going to be wanting to play Overwatch. And, un- and instead, I, I went and did a whole evening of Injustice 2 just because I, um, you know, found out due to our, I think our previous episode, I mentioned how they, how NetherRealm is, is creating a Wonder Woman suit. Right. And I figured that's what you'd be trying to do. So I thought, yeah, I'll let him be. <clears throat> well, why don't you turn around in your chair, Steve, because I have it queued up on the television behind you there, where I have <clears throat> successfully unlocked all parts of the Wonder Woman oh, theatrical. Oh, I just hit my head on the mic. That's awesome. I feel like a hamburger right now. Ladies and now. gentlemen, we've lost Steve. He knocked himself out cold, banging his head on the microphone. <laughs> That's all you, Russ. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, you can see, um, here, I'll try and uh, zoom in a bit so you can actually get a 360 view here. But, um, you know, she has the, uh, the tiara of divine tragedy, the bracers of rising action, Diana's theatrical chest plate, the uh, smash hit boots and the blockbuster uh, Falcon. I think it's called, I think it's pronounced Falcon, 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 something like that. But um, let me back up a bit here so you can see a bit more. The H is silent. The yeah, <laughs> yeah. Silent. You get into them fancy words and suddenly I begin to struggle. Uh, but anyway, I thought they did a nice job. I mean, like other than the fact that obviously the, the game character model is a different body type than Gal Gadot. Um, I still, I mean, I dig it. I'm like, yeah, that's, I will be keeping that, that costume on her for quite some time. Cause I just absolutely love this, this, this look. So pretty cool. What do you think? I was looking at uh, her little, her, her bottom half, mm-hmm. her, the skirt. Yeah, I bet you like looking at that bottom half, don't you? <laughs> and it looks like in the, in the movie, eh, maybe not. It looks like in the movie, the, the skirt is a little more flowy. Um, that looks more like a modified swimsuit there in the game. 
you know, um, when you actually see the the character fighting and stuff, I do believe that that you do um, you can see like the flaps flowing correctly and that sort of thing. That's just she's in the kind of an idle pose right now. So her uh, her shield looks like one of those Rowlet uh, tables. You know, where you when you put the marble down and are the and when you're gambling and the thing spins mm, and mm-hmm. it's like oh, right twenty two, right twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it though. I think I think it looks really cool, and I've just been I've been loving this game. Like just the more I play, like I okay officially I really do enjoy the multiverse mode. It's just it's so fun to be able to continue to unlock gear and whatnot. Like I, I unlocked some more Batman stuff last night. I was really excited about, um, and I'm I'm just con- you know continuing to improve just the the memorization of the various moves and trying to get the combos going. I'm still not at that point of being able to do like a, a 10 string combo or something like that. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, if I knock the enemy this way, I know that the, the body will fly into the air for X amount of time. How can I, you know, continue that going? So I'm, you know, it's still a work in progress, but overall, I mean, the fun, fun factor is there. I'm, can you unlock Gal Gadot's head? Gal Gadot, Steve. Gal Gadot. No, Steve. <laughs> I'm going to say dot. You can say dot. I'm gonna Let, say let's be dot. respectful, Steve. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you can or not. It, that's a question that uh, only another realm studios would know. They'd have to gain the rights to be able to uh, have her likeness in the game. I I actually found myself wondering the same thing. I was thinking, gosh, it would be so cool if like there would be a head that could be unlocked that would look just like Gal Gadot. And then at that point, it's like, yes, perfect. Um, but it, you know, at this point, I, I'm sure it could be argued that they were kind of going more of for the the comic book look, which is fine. I mean, it has its own qualities to it, so. Other than that, though, I have been playing Overwatch as well. I unlocked a couple of dance emotes. I got the Sombra dance and the Symmetra dance, so that's cool. I'm still trying to go for um, quite a few skins. Like, like the, the skins were, were, were starting to, to leak out here and there uh, whenever I would open up a loot box. And for some reason, it just kind of decided, okay, you've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I know that we have until June 12th, I believe. Until less than two weeks. Less than us. two weeks, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still saving up my gamer credits. Like, it's like, okay, if I'm not going to get certain ones and it comes down to the last day, I'm just going to purchase them before they right. are locked away for good. So You got to set a date in your phone. That is actually a really good Isn't idea. it? I'm full of those good ideas. Uh, it's such a simple idea. and such. I'm actually terrible when it comes to setting alarms for stuff. Like, the only alarms I have on my phone are, like, to wake me up so I can get to work on time in the right. morning. But, like... When it comes to just like little reminders, like, oh, hey, by the way, you should, you know, not forget to do this. I really need to get better at, at, uh, at doing that. I got three <clears throat> loot boxes last night. I'm like, give me something good. Give me something good. And then I open them all of them up and I'm like, they're all like a bunch of sprays and like duplicate stuff. And I'm like, great, thanks. I think the best thing I got, I got uh, a cheap, one of the cheaper diva costumes, but that was about it. The one of the, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I think I got like the lemon lime costume. Gotcha. Like, thanks. Actually, a lot of the color schemes for Diva are pretty cool. I yeah. found myself going, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, change it up here and there. My, my favorite still is that, uh, the Bumblebee one or whatever yep. the word. Uh, Beaver. Beaver. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. it. 
But I, but as soon as I get that new one for the anniversary edition, I am going to be changing because I love that like 1950s classic Americana right. look with like the, you know, even her outfit, her, right. her outfit alone is yeah, super no, it's, cool. That, that's, that alone's worth it. That, that kind of old pinup. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I also look forward to being able to try and score the play of the game just so I can, because I have the one where like, you know, you see the, the diva uh, mech right. unit she in the back. She out of it. And yeah, yeah. And she yeah. does a little selfie. Yeah. Like, I think she's going to look super cool like with like her little yep. ponytail and the Americana and, thing and going the little on. scarf. I think she's wearing a scarf on the, yeah, on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah, I look. that's kind of one of my little mini goals for Overwatch. I'll, I'll be pretty uh, pleased as punch if I can ever get that to work. So the other game I've been playing spiked too. Spiked punch. Oh, <laughs> love me some punch that is spiked. The other game I've been playing ever since you showed me that, that little feature on mm-hmm. Bit Heroes. Yep. <laughs> So what I've been doing is like at times at work, like I'll just like put on bit heroes and I'll just put, I'll just hit that auto button and let them do the dungeon crawl themselves. That way I can kind of do some grinding without grinding myself, you know, just, you know, still work and and get my stuff done that I need to get done. But it's such a cool feature. And I I don't, Mm -hmm. I can't think of another game that actually has that, but I initially would thought like, Oh, this is probably just something that, I don't know. Like, like it wouldn't be something I would use because it, what's the point of playing the game? Like it almost right. defeats the purpose of playing the game. However, because it is an MMO, it's essentially like this never ending game. So right. like, you know, you can get away with doing that from time to time, just if you want to you know help to get your character leveled up and, and get um, items and whatnot. And you just don't have to, the time to sit there and play it yourself because then there are other times like when I got my lunch break, then I would take it off of autoplay right. and then just, just, you know, be able to, to interact with it more and just see all the different, uh, treasure and swag and stuff that I was able to and they accumulate. Got a, they got a ton of swag in that game too. I mean, every time I think I, I, I have the latest weapons or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you go, you just unlock something or you not unlock, but I mean, this is what you uh, recovered from the dungeon or the map or whatever. I'm thinking, ah, sweet, something else, <laughs> you know, and it might be weaker or might be stronger than what I already have, but uh, it lets you upgrade it. But what you might want to do later on when you get more, uh, uh, advanced mm-hmm. in the game or in your level is switch around your team a bit because what will happen is as you progress further, uh-huh. the levels get harder, the enemies get tougher and you know, they're, they're going to hurt you more. Yeah. They're going to waste more of your life mm-hmm. faster. So depending on your characters, you would, you can rearrange your team so that like the toughest or the most, the guy with the most health is up front and like you're a little bit behind. So even if you leave it on auto and one guy dies, if you still live, then you, you get all the experience. Still. Hmm. Okay. I actually haven't gotten anybody new. I, I know I'm, I'm not as far along as you are. I think I'm only like level 10. Um, ooh, excuse me. I had a little bit of the old. Nice. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that people. Um, so yeah, I still have like little ghost companion. I have the bat companion. Right. Do you guys have, well, did you join a clan or not? Yeah. Like the day one, somebody approached me and was like, Hey, you want to join our, you know, I got a notification saying such and such clan bit nine clan. I think it is. Okay. Uh, do you want to join bit nine clan? And I was like, yeah, sure. There's like 10 or people or so in it or nine mm-hmm. at the time. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> so uh, I joined up and I mean, no one really speaks to me or anything. I don't speak to them, but how I, does that work though? In terms of like when you guys go into like a, a dungeon crawl, like do you see the other characters and they're all just running around and just running amok or you control them? So you control their characters. Yeah. So like if you join my clan, uh-huh. I can use 
your character to play one of the dungeons that you get that you can choose your difficulty on. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there, there's there's some other maps you have to get to. You have to you have to like just grind through to get to the certain dungeon that mm-hmm. is rated normal, difficult, and, and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use them on those maps, but not the ones leading up to the rated dungeons. So okay. the ones where you have to like follow the path on up, you right. have to use the, the the characters you make or you acquire. The NPCs. The little NPCs, you have to yeah. use those. But once you get to the map where you can raid them, then you can choose other people in your clan. So let me get this straight. So like when you so when you get to one of the the dungeons where you can use some of the other people in your clan, mm-hmm. what if both you and the person who you chose from your clan, like the character you chose, um, can you both be playing the game at the same time and like he can grab your character as well at the same time that you're grabbing his character and then you guys go effectively go through the, the dungeon crawls you're like kind of on your own but you're using the, the characters from the clan is that how it works I'm gonna say yes but I don't know for sure because um, I'd be curious if like if that is an option that's cool because then you can kind of pick and choose who you'd like to use that will you know best help your party right. succeed in that dungeon at the same time though I'd be curious to find out if there's also a feature where you can just link up with members of your clan and then just go into the dungeon itself and right. um, you, you could see him splinter off and go do something but I imagine it's probably well I mean actually you know you could do that you could ideally have your, you know, everybody kind of splinter off, go whichever way they want to go. But then anytime one of you got into a fight, then it would just force everybody into that fight. So that way you'd have your party together at all times. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, the way, the way it works is you control everybody. Mm-hmm. So no one, I mean, I don't know if I've never run into uh, a situation, a situation where, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where uh, I'm online with, somebody else in the clan and I'm using his character in the map, but all of a sudden like it doesn't work. I've, right. I've never run into that yeah. ever. So I think it's it, whoever is online doesn't matter. You can use whoever character you want to use. I see. <clears throat> what level are you now? Uh, last I mean, time you said, last time I talked to you, you said you were level 40. I think I was close to 40. Okay. I think I thought I was at 40 and I was at like level 37 or something. I, I, uh, I don't have my, my, the game here on a phone, but, um, <laughs> you have one of your other phones with you. Don't you Steve? have a different phone with me today? Russ? Uh, <laughs> some kind of phone. <laughs> <pimp>? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't have that one here, but I, I am either I'm at 40 or I'm above 40. One of the two. Uh, huh. well, that's pretty cool. Steve. Uh, actually, it sounds like you're slowing down a little bit. I am. Well, there's, Different, uh, how, how, there, there's a gauntlet you can go through uh-huh. and there's 10 waves of enemies. They just, they send you. And I love doing that because you get a ton of experience all at once. Uh-huh. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that experience, Ross. You're all about the good experience, aren't you, Steve? I am. Uh, and then that goes away after a few days. And what comes back is uh, like a, a, a different type of trial uh-huh. uh, where you don't get as much experience uh, you face different enemies, but you can receive different items that you wouldn't receive in regular dungeons. So it's kind of a trade-off. Either don't receive hardly anything, but you gain a lot of experience, mm-hmm. or you gain a lot of loot, but you receive little experience. Okay. So that, this, that'll last for three days, and then it'll go back, and then I'll jump a few levels. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Good to know. Mm. Good to know. Thank you for that, Steve. Indeed. <clears throat> well, I don't know about you, but I say we just jump into the topic of the day. Let's do it. All right. We saw Wonder Woman on preview night, and we have been just dying to talk about it because we actually saw it on Thursday, and, and uh, seeing as how it's Saturday, we're just like, in fact, we we were trying our best to, even after we left the theater to keep quiet. And there were a couple times where like I started to say something, and and Steve was very quick to hush me up because he wanted everything to be spewed out, so to speak. <laughs> so on... what do you think of that? Shut up, Ross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quiet. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> um. So what the plan is for this particular episode? Um. There are major spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen the film. And you don't want to hear anything about it. You want to, you know, be surprised when you go in. Then I would suggest that you not listen any further. However, if you have seen the film, or maybe you haven't seen the film and you don't care, then we can go ahead and move forward. But you know, I figured we'd uh, give our listeners a little bit of a chance to make up their mind here once again. What? What? doing over there. <laughs> Thanks for coming tonight. This elevator is so nice. I like the reflections. The mirrors is a nice touch. Do you ever notice how like there's like a psychology in elevators? Or like you if you're standing in there waiting to get to your floor and there are other strangers in there with you. There's just a, I don't know, you could like do a whole user experience scenario on that. You definitely could. Look at him, give him a small grin and nod as you close your eyes. How you doing? <laughs> don't talk to me. I don't talk to you either. You, you got a cold? I'm not breathing in the air. You're breathing in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, like when you reach your floor, it's like you've got you've gone through a journey together. You, you feel compelled to like tell the person, well, you know, I hope you do well in life. Yeah. Bye. I'll never see you ever again. Yeah. Bye, bye person. Bye, <laughs> bye individual. <laughs> bye, human. <laughs> All right. So uh, what I thought would work out best is I'd like us to give our, like each of us give our, our high level thoughts on the movie overall and then drill down into the following specific categories, which I listed out as plot, cinema photography, acting, special effects, and costume. But at this point, let's just stick to the high level and let's start with you, Stevovich. Mm-hmm. Let us hear your high level thoughts on Wonder Woman. Well, I'm going to start talking about Gal. Okay. Ross, because um, she's freaking hot. <laughs> um, she's very easy on the eyes, isn't she? You know, I haven't followed the Wonder Woman comic. I remember seeing a cartoon. I remember seeing the comics mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I remember how Wonder Woman looked in the comics and the cartoon. Uh, however, I always thought, you know, yeah, all right, sure. Wonder Woman, you know, very strong, you know, cool. Okay. Not for me, whatever. Mm-hmm. So then, and this is going to sound kind of funny, but she, but gal looks like I wanted Wonder Woman to be back then. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She just has this very soft, authentic, sincere feminine look to her mm-hmm. that's incredibly appealing um 
I thought, okay, you know, celebrity status, you know, where she's got plastic surgery, she's got her nose done, she's got her lips done, she's got her whatever. She got nothing done. Yeah, dude. That is all natural. That's El Natural right there. Yeah. And I mean, she she learned all these martial arts for the movie, and she you know got incredibly fit for the bo- for the for the body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she got really fit for that body. Let me tell you. Uh, but that just goes to show, Russ. You take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You eat right, and you and you learn a few martial arts or two, and you work out. You challenge to my inner Chuck Norris. <laughs> You too, Russ, can have a rockin' Wonder Woman body. Oh, I like the sound of that. Although I'm not sure. Well, you know, I probably could rock those boots pretty good. You could. I gotta tell you, though, as much as fame as the Kardashians have, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Not even holding a candle to Cal. Oh, no, no, no way. <laughs> My goodness. No, not even. What other kind of high-level thoughts did you have, Steve? Uh, Just overall with the film. I... I, I appreciated the storytelling. I, I liked how um, they, they didn't go above and beyond with either. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, it, it was definitely entertaining. There were there were times when I thought eh, a little bit cheesy, but at the same time, I was getting goosebumps. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> however, that you know, I thought it was you know, complimentary to each other. Um, I did leave the theater feeling good and feeling happy and feeling entertained, which overall that's a good thing. Sure, sure. Um, I I liked, you know, like I just said, I liked the the the, the cast. Oh, Robin Wright was amazing. I they, but they killed her off too early. Robin Wright's character, yeah, man, she was badass. I just, yeah, oh. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, it was a treat to see. Her. You know, I actually didn't recognize her in the the trailers leading up to yeah, the film, and then. I. When we were in the theater and I was looking at her, I was like, wait a minute. That's Frank Underwood, uh, Underwood's wife <laughs> from House of Cards. That's Frank Underwear. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, looking at her, I was like, wow, Frank, I think would be pretty impressed if he yeah. knew uh, what his wife was up to in the downtime. Yeah, she looked, uh, she was another perfect cast for that role. And I first thought, Robin Wright, seriously. And I went, you know, I'm going to see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, man, you know, she is a very strong feminine character in many movies that I've seen with her or shows, whatever. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, she's not going to pull off the accent. And then she pulled off the accent. Yeah. And I thought, man, she's perfect for this role. Yeah. I don't know. Just the way Robin looks with, with her, those, that piercing um, expression with the eyes mm-hmm. uh, and that, just that type, that tight. Um, she know. does a lot of acting with her face. Like, yeah, like yeah. which sounds kind of funny to say that, but it's it's the subtleties, the little nuances right. of the way she clenches her jaw. The jaw or, and the lips, yeah. Yeah, or the eyes. Right. Um Yeah, no, she she does that in House of Cards yeah. as well. And I have always appreciated that. But that really fit. And I and I thought, you know, Connie Nielsen, I, the first movie I think I saw Connie Nielsen in was Waterworld. And I thought, even though she was kind of a passive character, she was still a very strong female character. So now, which thought, one was she in Waterworld? In Waterworld, she was the, uh, either, I can't remember if she was the mother or the caretaker. Oh, was she the love interest of Kevin Costner? Yeah. Okay. Right. She They, they wanted to get off that little floating island dealio, right. and she was caring for the girl that had the map on the, on her back. Gotcha. To okay. dry land, yeah. So that was the first movie I saw with, with Connie, and I thought, okay, you know, she's, you know, like, like I said, she's very passive character, but she's very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw her, you know, she was great in Gladiator, too. 
again, kind of a passive character, but very, very strong at the same time. Sure. So I thought she was she was great to be cast. Oh, as, she was uh, in Gladiator too. That's right, Russ. Oh, wow. Which uh, who's she in Gladiator? She was uh, Joaquin Phoenix's sister. Oh my gosh, you're right. So you know Emperor's what? Sister. She had more of a redhead look in that. Right. Okay. Very cool. And I'm looking at her IMDb uh, profile right now. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and that was what was what was super fun about Wonder Woman was that you had several actresses who, at first glance, were were unrecognizable. Unrecogn- I mean, like they just they really did a, a fantastic job of transporting them into this world. To the point where I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, this is believable. It wasn't like, oh, here's so-and-so, and they're playing this role, and it's whatever, and I'm just going to buy into it. It's like, no, like, it, like she really was like the general of, you know, the Amazonian army or military, right. that sort of thing. <clears throat> so what other thoughts did you have? Or did you want me to to begin mine? Well, I'm like totally like... I want to show you my thoughts. <laughs> Which good, Rush. All righty. Um, so high level thoughts. Um, I I too will start off with Gal Gadot. I felt that she was magnificent as Wonder Woman. Um, I thought that she brought authenticity, integrity, um, a quiet strength, and uh, grace overall to the iconic character of Wonder Woman. It's you know Wonder Woman is not a comic book that I read. I you know I'm, I'm just I just wasn't into the the comic book itself. But the character always resonated with me. I always liked the classic Wonder Woman uh, character, and I had kind of a peripheral understanding of just who the character was, how her name was Diana. She was this Amazonian princess that um, you know just going on from that standpoint. But I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Um, but I always appreciated the fact that she was this female superhero that could hold her own. That, that was, um, it just, it, she exuded, um, just power, but, and as well as commanded respect from her peers. Um, and that was kind of always it. It was like, yeah, there's wonder woman. Cool. Like I've always had a, a positive connotation associated with wonder woman. Um, and what I loved about, um, what Gal did with the character. And I feel like, like Patty Jenkins, who is the director, I feel like, like they both kind of tag teamed this, but they, they made the character, this young, genuine, naive, kind, loving woman. Um, you know, she, it was something that, that I found myself really responding to. Um, even as a man, like I look at that and, and seeing as a man, as a man, as a man, 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 baby. Um, I found myself really loving just the way that they handled and treated the character on screen because they could have very easily taken it different directions entirely. Um, and I'll get into more of that later on, but, um, I thought the storyline was enjoyable. I thought it was predictable though. It was, it was just, you know, your standard hero's journey. Sure. Uh, but that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I, I did enjoy going through the the whole thing. And there were there were certain parts where I was like, yeah, I figured that was going to happen, that sort of thing. Um, so it would have been nicer to have seen um, some unpredictable elements thrown in there. But having said that, I feel like like a good film to compare this to is Captain America, the first Avenger. Like the first Captain America film that came out where like you were introduced to Chris Evans as Captain America and the Red Skull. And that film takes place in World War II. This one took place in World War One. 
And, um, of course, they both have shields. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but, like, if, you know, when I think of that particular film, there were, um, were also a lot of great qualities that the filmmakers brought to the character of Captain America when you saw him starting out as that scrawny kid. And then you see him take the serum, and he's all of a sudden like this huge, like, you know, basically this, this superhuman man. Um, and, but he never lost his ideals, his morals, oh, his yeah. ethics. Right. And that was something that, that just really carried the film because. Um, other than that, like the film was just, you know, it was kind of, it stayed on the surface. There was not a lot of deep dives that they did. Now that changed when we, we saw like Captain America, Winter Soldier, or even Captain America, Civil War, like though, both those films, like you had a lot more deep dives going in and that's fine because typically when you have a, a character origin story, you're, you're having to deal with a lot of the exposition. You want to try and establish, okay, this is who the character is. This is how the character came to be. So on and so forth. So I think for Wonder Woman, that was, that was a fine yeah there's definitely a similarity there i think i i think i do lean more towards captain america the first uh, the first avenger mm-hmm. uh just because of, of the, the the style they they took in developing steve rogers mm-hmm. uh just they i think they, they took a little bit more to show how big of a heart that he had even though he he was just such such a scrawny kid, I mean, he was the first to, to sacrifice himself if someone threw a grenade or yeah, that was for, one of my favorite to, scenes. Yeah, there's so many scenes uh, that I, I I really do identify with, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know if it's just because I'm a dude and not a chick, um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I thought Stanley Tucci in that movie was great with the scientist. Oh, and love they, me some Stanley Tucci. Right. And then that, that scene, and I don't want to get, you know, off course too much, but no, it's fine. Uh, the scene where before they, they give him the serum. Yeah. And they're, they're talking back and forth about, uh, they had this dialogue between, you know, you're not the strongest guy and he almost doesn't even want to do it because, right. um, of, of where he came from and his, uh, ideals yeah and his and his good heart and they're like that's why you need to do it because it 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 makes all that come out like you're the guy yeah you know they're they're trying to sell him on it um where all this power would go to someone's head and they could take advantage of it right for steve rogers it would just magnify his good spirit it would magnify the qualities that that he possessed yeah no that that was definitely poignant in the movie and also too like you said they they did spend a fair amount of time pre Captain America, right. just, just getting, you know, I would say almost half the movie was dedicated to that. Right. Whereas in Wonder Woman, you probably had, I'd say the first like one third of the movie was dedicated to that. But that being said, I did like the villain better in Wonder Woman than I did in Captain America. Red Skull was just like, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That that's the villain. Okay, Although it was it. acted by Hugo Weaving, who True. I'm a big fan of. Yeah, you can't go sure. wrong with Hugo, but no. yeah, you, you found the, uh, the villain in Wonder Woman more interesting. Right. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, what else did I thought? High level thoughts. Um, director Patty Jenkins should be commended for doing just a terrific job of successfully doing a tightrope walk. And I, I kind of uh, alluded to this in, um, just just a little while ago, uh, but I felt like like in a film like this, there's like this tightrope walk balance of portraying a strong woman who is also feminine, um, and what I mean by that is I, I, I feel like like a movie like this could have easily gone down a path of um, being too patronizing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a woman. You need yep. to respect me. Right. Bloody, bloody, blah. You know, and then the whole time I'm thinking, gosh, man, I didn't pay like $10 to like 
Be patronized. Be patronized, yeah. Or, you know, it could have easily gone to pandering where like they just, they want to pander to the female audience. And I feel like she really did a terrific job in, you know, getting from point A to point B across that tightrope and not falling into the trap of either, of either side of that. Um, I love the same thing. And it was just, it was fantastic. I mean, I was, it was, I was sitting there in the, in the theater and just really in awe of Wonder Woman, just, just looking at what she represents and the way she carried herself. I mean, the fact that it goes without saying, I mean, she's gorgeous. She's, you know, she's got the sex appeal, that sort of thing. That that's, that's all fine and good. That's at, you know, face value. No pun intended, but um, <laughs> seeing everything else, though, I was just like, my gosh, like they they nailed it. They did such a, a, a proper job of establishing this character. And I, I really do hope that um, a lot of the, the women and girls out there who go see this film, that they they walk away with just having a character that, that they can really get behind and, and enjoy. Right. Um, were you going to say something? <clears throat> I was going to say something. They did, I, and I thought the same thing too. After leaving the, the theater, I thought, "Well, I'm glad I didn't feel, you know, demasculated." Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but they, I, and I knew they were kind of going to go here, and I, and I glad they didn't go overabundant with it. But that scene where they're in the trenches and they're trying to get over past to the German side. Yeah. And they're in no man's land. Sure. And when someone says no man can get across there, they're referring to mankind. And, right. and not like, I mean, you could say humankind, but it, it, or, or person kind, individual kind, but it, 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 sound, was, it was a setup. It was a setup. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I thought, okay, he, he said no man's land. They're going to use that as man. And right. she's not a man. She's a woman. She's going to go into it. I thought, here we go. And sure enough, she goes, well, she didn't really say anything about it, but she just she says, well, I'm going through and I'm no man. And I'm, you know, going right through. And of course, you know, she's a superhero, so she's beyond anything, but yeah. It reminded me of well, she's she's basically the the DC version of Thor, who's like a, you know a demigod. You know she's yeah. she's from Zeus and all that, right. so she's imbued with these superhuman powers. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminded me of that scene from the I think it was the third Lord of the Rings. The uh, I forgot what the title. Third Lord of the Rings. I can probably walk with the name. Of Return of the King. King. Return of the King. Thank you. How is it that I know that and you being a huge know. Lord of the Rings oh, fan, man, you had a total brain fart, like, didn't you? No, two towers. Two, no, that's Lord of the Rings. Uh, two. The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> Hobbit one, two, or three. Gandalf returns. Dang it, yeah. Peter Jackson, you're making me confused. Um, so it reminded me of Return of the King where uh, the uh, Aragorn's little love interest mm-hmm. is, you know, she puts on the armor of some of the knights. Right. Um, and she rides with the army in there and then she takes out the, <laughs> the king of, of the ring wraiths. Right? I know what you're talking and he's about. He's like, no man can kill me. He goes, well, I'm no man. Mm-hmm. You know? So like, uh, it's kind of an eye roll scene, but at the same time, whatever, you know, it, it, it works. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I, um, actually going back to the wonder woman scene that you described, that actually was one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. I really did love how they, they just, they, they were able to demonstrate like just the, the desperation that the men had back in the day, because no man's land from a history perspective, that was, that was terrible. I know. I mean, you had just so many lives lost based on whether it was on, um, the allies side, you know, Americans and Europeans, or if it was the Germans 
it didn't matter. I mean, it, it was just, it was a stalemate. Um, but furthermore, I, well, the thing that struck me the most was watching the conviction on her face as she refused to move forward with Chris. And um, actually, his, did you know that, that, that Chris's character name in the movie is Steve? Yes, Russ. I, <laughs> it just all of a sudden occurred to me. Oh my gosh, I have a Steve right here. I'm staring into <laughs> you, the you eyes didn't of. You think that it dawned hey, on me? Hey, that Steve, you know, uh, <laughs> how was it uh, being with, hanging with Wonder Woman? <laughs> Steve. Yes. <laughs> Steve. Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> but um, when, when she climbed the ladder um, and just the, the way that it was shot, and I don't want to go too into too much of this because we'll, we'll go into the drill down segments later, but I just feel compelled to have to just talk about the scene since you brought it up. I really loved how they handled it. It was so romantic the way that she was climbing up that ladder and the, the look of conviction on her face. And especially as she started to uh, run down the, the no man's land toward where the, the German trenches are and just having her shield out and the explosions. And especially when the, the machine gun started to fire and she was there holding and, um, uh, the 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 male companions were were able to to get up out of the trenches and come and aid her and and help take out the that particular trench that the Germans were holding. It was it was so masterfully done, and I know that they had they had shown that in uh, several of the trailers. Then you see you see quick little clips of it here and there, that sort of thing. But to see it unin un, wow, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Seeing it un, un I did it again uninterrupted. Let's try it again un interrupted. There we go. I'm getting too excited. Um, I just really love the visuals of that. And I thought that they did, did just a masterful job of it. So, um, in fact, all of the movement, if I think about the film in its entirety, um, all of the movement had this romantic quality to it. True. Um, whether it was fighting or exposition, such as wonder woman, adjusting her coat, Remember that scene when she was laying in the boat and like she's talking to Steve? Oh yeah, huh. and, and there's this one little yeah. like subtle scene where like um, you know she she has this black coat on, so you don't you don't see her uniform at all, and she's you know he, they're just kind of talking back and forth, and uh, there's a, a moment where I think Steve is talking and she adjusts her coat, so you see a brief yeah. flash <laughs> of her legs, yeah. and to the all, <laughs> well, okay, seriously. <laughs> To all of the female listeners out there, this is not intended to be like, oh yeah, let me check out her gams. Let me see right, her right, stems. Right. No, like like you you see like like the, that, that small little scene, and that's what I'm talking about with the character. Where like once again, it's it's like it's like you have this exotic woman who's gorgeous, but she doesn't realize how gorgeous she is. She's she's unconscious of that. And and just even like it's not in your face where it's like like they're trying to spoon feed you this stuff, but it's the little things like that that like especially given the scene because they're kind of getting into that kind of um quasi uncomfortable dialogue where Steve's talking about, you know, lying with a woman and, and trying to be respectful. Yeah. And the yep, whole time yep, he's yep. trying to be respectful. He's, he's old school. Right. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. And, and you know, she does something like that. And I'm, and I'm telling you like all guys know this where like yep. you're with an attractive woman and she'll do something like that, like adjust herself or whatever. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. How lucky am I to be here? Yeah. And I don't want to disrespect you. I don't want to do anything bad. You know, like, like every guy will have, have a story like that. Right. Um, 
I just found myself really appreciating scenes that were kind of sprinkled like that throughout the film. Even another one where like when she's um, walking through the ballroom and she's got that gorgeous blue dress on, there's a scene where like it cuts to the backside where you can see how she has her sword kind of integrated into like her her shoulder outfit. And she does this little thing where she just kind of reaches behind and just kind of like puts her hand and rubs like her, um, her neck a little bit. And it, it was done kind of in slow motion. Once again, kind of that, that just subtle nuance of thing, but it's just something that is very female. It's very feminine, but yet it's strong. Cause you see like, like, like the, the muscles in the back and you see the sword and it's just, it's a perfect balance between the two. Confident femininity. There you go. There you go. You know, something I, I wrote down, um, was, um, she, Diana kept on saying that she wanted to help them or help people. Right. Uh, but with the way they conveyed it in the movie, because you know, all superheroes want to help, but when it's on the, on the male side, it's more save, mm-hmm. you know, I want to save them versus help them and help, uh, has more of like, uh, like a, a, contrib- a contributing strength. Right. Right. Uh, versus save. Well, how did I write it? Versus save is in like rescue from danger, mm-hmm. you know? And so both are kind of the same sort of verb, I guess, but, one definitely has a different meaning than the other, right? Mm. By the way, side note. Oh. Gal's accent uh-huh. is Israeli, but it fit with the movie with being kind of that Greek. Yeah. You know, that Israeli Greek plus like plus like her her uh, facial features, like mm. with the nose and the jaw and everything. It really fit. Like yeah. she wasn't just scripted because of her beauty. Like she fit. Oh, yeah. Well, and also too, um, when she lived in Israel, she was actually part of the Israeli army. Right. Like she has like, yeah. like formal military <laughs> training. So yeah. it's like, wow, okay, well, that'll help. For sure. You know, like the first time I saw her, I was trying to place her and I finally M-dibbed it last night. She was in one of the fast, she's in some of the Fast and Furious movies, the later ones. I heard about that. Yeah. Fast and Furious 6 and Furious 7. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I wonder who she was because, uh, in the, in the scene she has a very, or in the movie, she has a very small part, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing the movie going, man, who is that? Like good grief. Like why isn't she in more movies? <laughs> but that's all I thought. Did she play a villain or was no, she a protagonist? No, she, she was part of the good guys. Yeah. Okay. She's kind of behind the scenes. Sure. But, uh, yeah, no, she, yeah, played a part. That's cool. I, another thing that I want to just touch on real quick in terms of the high level thoughts is um, I liked how they explored Diana's view of just very black and white versus being plunged into a world that operates more in a gray fashion. Um, you know, she she definitely had a lot of the this is right, this is wrong. Um, and she had a bit of that um, naive quality to her too, um, where she just she was raised in this very um, sheltered environment, this sheltered world and being brought into uh, the man's world, so to speak. Um, you know, you saw a bit of that and you saw like how at times it, it, it is fundamentally imperative to be, you know, black and white on certain things. True. And at the same time, you saw that she learned how it's also um, important to have, more of that gray in certain areas, although it's very few and far between for her character. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I um, really look forward to seeing her in justice league. Cause I think uh, we'll be able to see much more of her again. And that film comes out, I think in November, if I'm not mistaken, this November. Could be. And that's fine by me. I want to see some more Gal Gadot. What do you think? 
funny you should say that because I wasn't uh, too interested, too keen on seeing Batman versus Superman. Right. I mean, I still haven't seen it. I, mean, I have not either. But after seeing Wonder Woman, I kind of want to see this because I think where that where the movie ended was where that uh, uh, Batman Superman Batman versus Superman begins. Uh, I heard that like she's only in it for like four minutes. I think she's only in it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but I think that's that's where it where that one ended is where the other one be, uh, or she came into the other one. Right. Right. Um. Well, let's go into the plot. Um, I know that I mentioned early on, overall it was predictable, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but, well, I do know that the the origins of Wonder Woman actually took place in World War II, not World War I. Uh, so that's something that's just a little anecdote. It's yeah. not, I mean, it doesn't really affect anything Whatever. one way or yeah. the other. But um, I, th- I mean, that they could have done that on purpose in the movie just to keep it somewhat different than... Captain America, because I True. started thinking that too in the theater going, okay, Captain America was, you know, World War Two. this is World War II, this is kind of the same thing, but uh-huh. I mean, whatever. You can see similarities. Yeah, similarities, there, but I, thing. yeah. Um, when, well, I guess let's start from the beginning. So what did you think of um, where she grew up? Like the younger Wonder Woman seeing uh, the queen and, and the, the, the war general and, and seeing all of that kind of go into place. How did you feel about the pacing of that? Um, I think they did with what they could. Uh, I, I would have liked to see more detail mm-hmm. with it. You, you have this beautiful location and you have these people who have been fighting, mm-hmm. uh, and bestowed with, uh, you know, gifts from Zeus. And so you think they're this all powerful race and I don't know. It just seemed like that there was a lot of talk and a lot of detail. And, and then when it came down to the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty, uh, it just seemed like they weren't really special at all. It was just Diana that was special. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. And then later on in the, in the film, you know, she, she's multilingual. So she knows Chinese, but, and she knows obviously Greek and she knows French, mm-hmm. um, but then they knew nothing of the world beyond their own, or at least that's how they played it. Where when the Germans came and the Americans came, they're like, "Oh, who are you? You're a man. Where'd you come from?" You know. And they knew nothing of the rest of the world yet. They knew the rest of the world's languages. You know, I think that actually it was Wonder Woman that really didn't know too much about the outside world. I think that there were a lot of the the Am- I keep saying Amazonian, but like the basically they're Amazon women, but, right? Um, a lot of the other women on the island, the warriors, they did know of, of the, the outside world. Um, and you, and you hear that quite a bit through Wonder Woman's mother, as well as the general about just what's going on. And I think that's why they just really coveted their island and they just wanted to, to make sure that, uh, they could just stay alone. Like they did, they didn't want to have any kind of meddlings going on due to a lot of the stuff that transpired in, in their history. Uh, and that was cool because that was that helped play into just with uh, the viewers. The viewers got to kind of go on this ride, this journey with Wonder Woman into uh, just what she gets to discover. True. All well, at the same time, you have, I mean, they're obviously, they practice fighting on the regular. Mm-hmm. And they have mystical, you know, divine weapons, right? But then they're resorting to bows and arrows and this late in time 
to defend themselves, yet they're a race that's bent on defending themselves. I just, there's like some of that stuff that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, well, it's part of their culture. I mean, you see that quite a bit in different um, cultures around the world and whatnot. That like you have, especially a culture that is is cut off from the rest of the world. You, you yeah, do I get see it. That. I, yeah, I get it. I just figured since they were a, basically a race who's been blessed mm-hmm. uh, from Zeus himself, he would have you know <laughs> helped better equip them to defend themselves. Well, that's the other thing too is that actually. Um, a lot of the other women there did not have the same kind of superpowers as Diana. Diana was special. That was that was True. the big thing too. Was that that's why you saw them getting shot and killed by the Germans that came to the shores. It wasn't like they they had the same type of abilities that Wonder Woman had. And his and her mother actually made it a point to try and, and keep that secret as long as possible. You know, that's why she was saying, you know, Hades, was it Hades? No, Ares. Ares. Ares was going to uh, be able to find her sooner the more that she knew. True. Um, so I thought, that, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. But yeah, how, how did they all come into existence? How, how did all the women come into existence? Yeah. I mean, Diana was obviously made from clay and blessed by her mother or Zeus or whatever she says. But, you know, they had that scene on the boat that you were talking about. And he says, well, You've never seen a man like how how are you made? She goes, well, I'm made of clay and blessed by Zeus, but that what about everybody else? I mean, I, obviously they're not at the same level that Diana is, but they had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, they didn't really go into too much of that. Um, it, I I would be curious to, and I think you know you'd have to read the comic book <laughs> to really understand all of that. Right. We just haven't read it, so we're going off of just what we saw from the film, but. Um, I, yeah, I, I was intrigued by the island. I'm curious to see if they will return to it, whether like, you know, if the, in the sequel to wonder woman, Diana will come back and, and see her mother again. Right. I mean, that would be great to be able to come back, see a bit more of what the Island has to offer. You, right. you, we saw little glimpses like when Steve was in, uh, Steve, you know, when you were in that, yeah, uh, yeah. When that, I was in that, the, that in pool the of water, that little the, glowy water. Right. Yeah, I love You're that. all naked right. in front of poor Gal Gadot. Looking amazing, yeah. too. Right. Man, I was going to say, you got a nice physique there, Steve. Above average. <laughs> that actually was another great scene, too. I, though, that was such a thing I appreciated throughout the film was that it was like they were aware of some of the dialogue. And it was just very clever. Like, just I love that scene where, like, He's describing himself when she asks, well, like, what are you compared to other men? And he's just like, um, above average. Yeah. And but, but is, here he is. I mean, this, this guy is like a great looking dude. That, yeah. They, he's, they scripted him very well too, because he, he has a very old school look to him. Yeah, he does. You know, he doesn't have like that kind of shaved head, you know, rooster look like a lot of guys have today. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's the captain from, uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but he, he has a very, but the way he said it was very humble in a way. He wasn't, you know, like <clears throat> it was humble, but it was also like, like, average. like, you know, right. like you could tell he knew he was good looking, right. but like he didn't want to brag about it. Right. It, I don't know. Like the, the, the delivery was perfect. I thought. Yeah. But at the same time, he had the, that humble uh, presence in the rest of the movie. I mean, yeah. he wasn't going, he was confident in what he could do. Uh, you know, he's a spy for granted. There's not a whole lot of spies out there. I mean, he's kind of a one of a kind guy. He's a handsome spy. Right. But he never exuded an overconfidence anywhere in the movie. Yeah, no, he, he did a tremendous job and I, and I felt like just, um, once again, Patty Jenkins was, um, at the helm of that, where they were able to cast someone like Chris Pine into the role. Chris Pine. And, um, and yeah, just, just the way that he was in the film, I thought was just terrific in the sense that he, he was a very charming character. He, 
um, exuded conviction on his own as well. Right. And he played off of Wonder Woman really nicely in the sense that it, you could just tell that she was um, so much more in terms of um, her power and what she was capable right. of doing. But he was almost like um, her guide in this this unknown world to her. Um, also, um, I really appreciated too, just how like, like the romantic side of things with those two, but mm -hmm. I really liked how it was done in a very classy way and sure. it felt natural. It didn't feel forced. Nope. Um, I would have liked to have heard a bit more of Steve's background just because you, you get these little hints that like, the guy is kind of a loner. Like he's really not, I mean, he has friends, but it's, he seems to be kind of unlucky when it comes to more of the romantic side of things of finding a, a girl, that sort of thing. I think that he was probably changed from seeing what he's seen. Um, oh, sure. In the world and, and being in, in war for so long. It is really funny uh, when you get to the scene where, where you, obviously they're, they're going to make some love. <laughs> um, it's like, the, the, the lighting and everything is just terrific. And, um, I almost feel like, like, like I wanted to see a little more smooching. Right. Like it was like, they yeah. kind of did a kiss and it was done. And then we, you know, Oh, next morning I was like, wait, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. I want to see some smooches. Now the, the chemistry was definitely real. And, yeah. and again, I, I mentioned this in like the, one of our earlier podcasts, but that slow dancing when you're holding the girl, I, I figured old school, oh, I you love would, that stuff. Yeah, I figured you'd be all over that. I mean, you know, you're holding her, and it's not very sensual. But what's sensual is the distance, yeah. right? Because you're in each other's bubble, but you're not like grinding up against each I other. Like being in your bubble. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> um, but I mean, their their eyes are so close, and, and their faces are so close. Yet nothing sexual is happening. It's yeah. just the distance. But I like that stuff. Right. I want to. I want to. Before you get too far in the movie, though, I want to go back to the island. Go back to the island before I vote you off the island. No. I'm just kidding. That scene where... I have immunity. <laughs> yeah, that scene where, uh, you know, Diana is young and she's wanting to learn to fight and, and everyone knows it. And her mother is putting her to bed mm -hmm. and telling her, look, you know, this is not for you and just leave it to the rest of us. You know, you're special and whatever. You just <laughs> calm down. Let me tell you a story. Yeah, let me tell you a story. And she tells her this, the story of how cool everything it could be, you know, if you learn to fight <laughs> and then like, oh, we're, we're, we're blessed and empowered by Zeus himself and we're all a special race and he's given us weapons like the God killer. And we're, you know, I mean, as a kid, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. And, and okay, more, more. more. And then she goes, now nah, you can't do that. No. Yeah. And how cool everything is. The whole forbidden fruit yeah, thing. Not going to be for you. Like mm -hmm. that was the worst way yeah. that she could, you know, snuff that, that curiosity. I thought, come on. Oh, mom. sure. Yeah. 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 No, that, well, and it, it, because otherwise, if she was successful in that, then we wouldn't have any other movie, like other part of the movie. So thanks mom. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I did like too, how there was kind of that send off when she was going with Steve to the, the boat. And they were going to kind of sneak off the with island. me. What's that? She was going with me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was going with you. You lucky bastard. Um, but and, and even though it was predictable, I figured, okay, they're, they're not just going to like sneak off. They're going to get caught, uh, in which they do. But I, I did like the, the dialogue between the, the mother and Diana. Um, if I... 
what else was there? What other part plot points in there in the film were worthy of note? Oh, when it comes to Steve's friends, mm-hmm. this is so. Yeah. This is one of the things that I'm actually. Um, a little more critical of with yeah. the film. Oh, yeah, it's usually my role, Russ. Let's uh, hear it. All right. Yeah, I figured I would uh, keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Tippy toes. <laughs> you look great in a tuto. <laughs> when it comes to Steve's friends that we meet in the bar, where you know he has very spy friends and that sort of thing, I liked how they were like a ragtag Motley Crew bunch. But I felt like it was just kind of filler. Yeah. I, I actually, you know, it, it was it's actually a testament to Patty's ability to be able to tell a story because we have these different characters who come from different walks of life and they know each other. They're buddies. You could tell they're tight. And I really didn't get the opportunity to learn too much about them. Like they were just kind of the obligatory filler thrown in stuff. There. And yeah. even like when, when it came to fighting, they really didn't do anything. Like yeah. I really wanted to see more of what they were capable of. And really uh, the only thing that I kind of got a, a sensation of was that the native American was resourceful. Yeah. Other than that though, we really didn't, get a chance to, to learn more about them. And it's a shame because actually I really liked all of the personalities yeah. of those characters. So that was something that um, could have been improved upon, but obviously, you know, there's only so much you can do in a story. It's wonder woman's story, but I thought we were going to see what's his face do a good snipe. I mean, he was there. They were talking about how good of a sniper he was. He's not, he's not good on his feet you know, hand to hand style, but right. Uh, he's, he's one of the greatest snipers and he can do this, that and the other. And then, it just turned out he he, he didn't shoot anybody. He didn't shoot anybody. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. They had this this kind of uh, lead up of his character, and there just wasn't anything. That, and yeah, on the one hand, it was kind of refreshing to like you know not have that that predictability mm-hmm. of like oh okay, we're, it's probably going to be like the climax, and there's going to be you know some moment where he's going to like rustle up the courage and fire off that shot he's known for. Yeah, and he just never had that, and so. I'm conflicted about that overall, but I, I, I would have appreciated to learn a bit more of that. But I did like how Diana was able to um, listen to to them, be mm-hmm. able to find, you know learn more about them, and also comment on what makes each one of them unique special. and special. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was that was nicely done. I was gonna mention something that too. Uh, I I like how she was able to not only listen to him, but she she was able to pull out these different male reactions, I guess you could say, uh, to women, be it, uh, you know, romantic, mm-hmm. be it kind of primal, yep. like, you know, like the, 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 the Nazi general did, you know, he just like grabbed her and once more on a dance because he was Mr. <laughs> was Popular. So yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, so it's, you know, romantic. You're going to dance with me and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, So you got, <laughs> Romantic, you got primal, you got nervous, uh huh, yeah, you got boyish, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and then you had confidence, yeah. But she was able to, and that may have been why they they had this you know ragtag rabble of people who didn't do much in the film, but they showed that she could pull out these different reactions, sure, just to, just for an example's sake, yeah. To show again that she was one of a kind, not only with uh, special powers, but with uh, just 
her femininity. Well, she just exuded a whole spectrum of qualities across the board. I mean, it, it made her a very deep character and there was just so much to enjoy watching unfold on screen. I mean, like that, I think that's just one of the biggest things I think Gal Gadot, uh, as well as just what they did, you could tell that like there was, it was a love letter of sorts to the character uh, because when I think of the plot, you know, the like I said, the plot doesn't really do many deep dives. It's it's very much stays on the surface. Um, and as a result, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it was a decent plot, but it wasn't like mind blowing. It wasn't like the plot of Batman Begins. Right. And at the same time, though, I mean, just looking at like what Wonder Woman is capable of and, and the time and effort they put into the character. I mean, it just glowed on screen. Like the, yeah. every time I'm looking at her, I'm just like, man, <laughs> they nailed like the, I, I say it time and time again, they absolutely nailed the character. So, um, what, so I know that you said that you enjoyed the, the character who played Aries. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt that it, that he actually, I called it. I didn't want to say anything in the theater. I, I called it too. You did too. Okay. Yeah. Like, like as soon as he came on and he was talking, I'm like, that's Aries. Yeah. That's totally Aries right yeah. there. It's not that German guy. That German guy is just, you know, he, he's a, an evil human being, but he's not, uh, he's not Aries who, who Wonder Woman is seeking. Um, I have always liked, um, I think his name is David Thewlis, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he's been in like Harry Potter and yeah. he's been in some other films and stuff, he, you know, good actor and whatnot. I was conflicted with him being Aries for some reason. Like, like he's kind of a, more of a, a slender, milder man. True. And his acting is phenomenal. Right. Like I, yeah. I, there's nothing wrong with his acting, but it's just when I saw him with that helmet on, right. I was kind of like, ah. yeah, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. It didn't work for me, unfortunately. Um, I, I wish they, they changed his character or maybe just the actor once he revealed his, his true self. Right. Or, or maybe like you just hit his face or hit his in face. the helmet. Like, you yeah. don't, cause like seeing like that kind of like bushy mustache yep. inside yeah. the helmet. I'm like, no, that didn't work. That, that didn't work. That, that was one of the, the weaker points of the film. But, uh, I did, I did like just how conniving he was. True. I, I loved how manipulative he was and, and, and just trying to get wonder woman to, see the, the world as he saw it and right. was using different people. I thought it was, um, like another great scene was when, um, uh, I only know her as Dr. Poison, but it was, it was the, the no, evil the woman, right. the evil chemist. Yeah. You know, he, he like drags her out of like, like the, from hiding out of that, that car and puts her right in front of wonder woman and wonder woman care, like pull, like lifts up that huge tank. And that was, that was awesome. And unto itself is a awesome spectacle. Um, and seeing her on the floor like that um, with, you know, like, like the wind and the blast, like knocked off her mask and you saw like, just obviously she had felt like fallen victim to probably one of her right accident concoctions yep, or yep. something. You know, you could tell it's like, man, you are a byproduct of <laughs> what you're just, <laughs> what your intentions are, yeah. you know? Uh, but uh, I did like how he, you know, he tempted her in these different ways. Mm -hmm. um, kind of biblical in that sense. A little bit, yeah. And another scene too was um, just that moment when Steve runs over to her, and you know, it's after she, there was that huge blast, and so her hearing is temporarily gone, like she's got that loud ringing, and so we see him yelling at her. We don't know what's being said, and then he runs off. And I figured, oh, okay, well, that's that's an interesting way to, to tell the narrative, and 
then they come back to it yeah. when she's about to kill off that was pretty the sweet. Dr. Poison. And you actually, at that point, at that moment, you do hear what he said. That was genius. Yeah. I've never seen that go on in a film before. I loved how they came back to that moment again where actually she did hear what he had to say, but we just but we couldn't hear it because of the effect of the blast, that sort of thing. And just it brought back a moment that could have easily been just kind of like a throwaway, like, okay, he's doing that. I was going to run over to the plane. I mean, it, it turned it into a completely uh, tender, intimate moment of him saying his goodbye because he knew that he was just going to be gone. And it was his chance to, to tell her that he loved her and everything yeah. else. And it was just like, bravo, like that. That was really one of the high points I felt like in the film. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel conflicted with with him doing that. I, I didn't know if, if he was just going to take the typical way out and throw the plane in the water and jump out at the last minute so he can save himself. So everything explodes and can't hurt anybody. Or if he was going to crash it back down on Aries and totally like, like just blow him up, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I didn't know if he was going to save himself somehow because that's what typically happens, right? I'm used to seeing some movies where they're doing the, the heroic thing of sacrificing themselves for the greater good. Right. And they're okay with it. And you know, they're going to save a bunch of lives just by sacrificing themselves. But when he didn't, I thought, oh, crap. Like, I really did like this character. I did, too. And there's a finality there that you're just like, wow, okay. Yeah, and it seemed like, and I was looking at his face when he's holding that gun back towards those napalm bar or something like that. It was whatever basically it was, yeah. like, you know, chemical warfare. Yeah, yeah, chemical warfare, mustard gas, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then he felt like some sort of inner peace, like everything is going to be all right. And he just, he just, I don't know. He just had that weird look on his face as if he wasn't scared of doing it. Well, I think that they were tapping into the, the notion that when someone is about to commit suicide, there is a peace that falls over you. Like, like your, your body up to that point is struggling against you because your, your core being it wants to live. It wants to live. Right. It does not want to die. And so it's a very mind over matter thing that yeah. occurs. But when the decision is made there, I have heard that there is this kind of peace that falls over you. And so I think that's what was being played on screen. I did like the way she, uh, she screamed after that happened. Yeah. It wasn't just a cry of no, that was gut wrenching. I've only heard that once before. And I think that was in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves when uh, they discover Robin Hood comes or is there to rescue the people who are about to be hanged. And uh, Elizabeth uh, Mastrano, I don't forget what her name is. But anyway, she goes, Robin! And she oh, screams yeah. at the top. I mean, that uh-huh. gave me chills again. And so I've never heard anything like that again. Um, well, you know, there was another scream in Hollywood history, Steve, that is quite good. Tell me, Rob. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, when... Darth Vader strikes down Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker streaks out. No, you know? Yeah, that was good. But I'm telling you that did, but that didn't reach me as far as. Okay. Fair I mean, so something to each his own. Uh, but the way uh, Gal did it, uh, I don't think it, it surpassed the, the Robin Hood one. But it was it was a far cry from. Just you can going, appreciate it from a different. Yeah, it was a far cry from just angle. going. No, I, you know, yeah. now I'm pissed off and I'm angry. Gonna beat you up. Uh, <laughs> it, it it felt like it was from the core. It, it was good. Yeah, yeah. You could tell she reached down deep for that one. Yeah. Are there any other plot points that you wanted to bring up real quick, or should we segue into cinematography? 
Um, no, I'm the only. I'm good with plot. I wanted to talk about the ending, but I'll wait for you. Oh no, you, you can talk about the ending. I didn't like it. You didn't like it. No. So go ahead and explain what you didn't like. And it's not like I hated it. I just thought that this buildup of you know, if I take out Ares, then it's all going to be puppy dogs and candy canes from here on out because. Ares is the one. He's the god of war. I like puppies. <laughs> I like lollipops too. Um, so if if he was taken out, then everything's going to be great grand nifty. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be no more war. It's just going to be peace from here on out. And there was that scene where she was speaking with Steve and Steve goes, okay, maybe he exists. Maybe he doesn't exist. But people do their own thing and yeah. people have a bad side to them. That's why there is war. And so there was that human element too. And I get it, but this buildup of, of Aries and why he exists and why he needs to be taken out. And the Germans at the end, just take it off their hats and be like, why are we fighting? We're all friends now. Huh? It, yeah. Harmony. That was a little too convenient. You know, harmony. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they had to figure out a way to wrap it up in, in such yeah. a way. And, and it's, you, yeah, they're altering history a bit when right. they do that. And yeah, yeah. I, I can see what you're saying. So, I, hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously there was more wars. There's more villains, right. You know, so I thought they could have done a better job. Sure. Sure. I did like how they, they actually ended the film, though, in terms of obviously showing that it's leading up to Justice League. Mm-hmm. I did also like seeing that uh, Bruce Wayne had some some stuff in there as well. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was grinning in the theater. I'm like, all right. Um, well, let's go on to cinematography. I really did enjoy a lot of the camera angles in the film. The also just the the color grading that they did for a lot of the scenes. One of my my biggest complaints about a lot of the older DC films is that they remove a lot of the color. They they're almost monochromatic. Like like if you think of Man of Steel, for instance, um, that was a, a, a film that I actually I really did like a yeah, lot. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised as to how desaturated everything was. Um, and I and of course with Zack Snyder taking a lot of the the helms of, of, of the different DC films, his style has always been kind of more of a desaturated, high contrast um, kind of visual motif. And I liked how in Wonder Woman, you, while there were certain scenes that were kind of like that, they were beginning to bring more of that color back in. And in fact, actually, when you think about when she was on the island, both as a little girl and as a young woman, um, there were a lot more vivid color, which I was really happy to see. Uh, in fact, I think probably the only scenes that were a bit more of the monochromatic fashion were more of the war scenes, which is appropriate. I, I had no problem with that. Um, what'd you think? I think a hundred percent agree, Rush. Hey! I, don't, I don't even know what I was going to add to that. I, yeah, I, I, I uh, humbly concur, Doctor. Oh well, it's nice to be on the same page. Hmm. But I did like a lot of the camera angles. I love that scene where she's on no man's land and there's that top down view where she's, you know, stopped running and she's holding the shield up and all those bullets are coming at her. Right. Um, Once again, loved a lot of more of the slow motion scenes. Actually, going back to the no man's land shot of like where she was climbing up the ladder out of the trench and it was all slow motion and there's like a close up of her hand gripping the ladder as she's going up. You saw her legs going up. Actually, speaking of her legs, that was something that Patty Jenkins, the director, was adamant about was that she wanted to find an actress who had long legs, which I could totally see makes sense. It's like, you know, in the film, um, she has that much more presence as a result. But um, 
yeah, a lot of the the shots that that, that they did in there, I thought was just a, a nice blending of being creative, but also being romantic. I just, I found myself appreciating that. You know, what I also like about that scene is when, when she's holding the shield to deflect the bullets and she realizes that it, this ain't just some walk in the park. Like sure. even, even though you're special, there's a reason why we haven't advanced even an inch. Like this is, this, these, this is tough. Well, yeah, there, there was legitimate concern on her right. face. Yeah. 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 I like that too. I like, you know, it's, it's too, it's, it's very one dimensional. If like, Oh, she runs across, she saves yeah, a day. No and now yeah. Let's uh, let's go home from time for tea. <laughs> yeah. You know, flick her hair and then 10 people die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I did like when she got into the German trench, how she just decimated that machine gun with her fists. Yeah. That was, Oh, that was sweet. You know what else was cool was when they were in that, that village and then they're going like sniper, sniper, sniper. And then they, they did, they replicated that shield scene when she yeah. has to jump and then she like pulverizes that church oh, tower. That yeah. was cool. That was pretty that awesome. That was really cool. No yeah. one else was cool. There was a lot of coolage. There was a lot of coolage. I liked towards the end when she first sees Ares and she's under the impression that, oh, she's got the God killer. All she's got to do is stab him and hey, done deal. Yeah, Let's wrap yeah. this up. Yeah. Uh, and then she, tries to stab him and he just blocks it and burns it like yeah. as fast as she can thrust it at him. She yeah. just burns it with the palm of his hand. You kind of had a, like, oh. oh, damn. this is <laughs> Well, I like that sword. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I wanted to mount that on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to pay for that, you know. Can I get another one? <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I, I, I broke your sword. You know, I actually would love to find... Can you do me a favor? Nope. Oh. Well, that's not very nice. What, Russ? I would like to find out who the cinematographer mm. was on the film. Okay. Is, was. I'm, I assume they're still alive. But yet the film already passed. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm, I, I, will, I currently uh, have the cast on there, but not the uh, the crew. Let's take a look. I see the writers. All cast and crew. Composer, cinematographer. Let me see here, Russ. Matthew Jensen. Matthew Jensen. Well, what else has he worked on? I'm going to click on that right now. Uh, Chronicle, Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, I could see that. You know what? Honestly, now that you say Game of Thrones, the 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 island sequences actually had a bit of a Game of Thrones vibe to the overall cinematography. He worked on Sleeper Cell, Fantastic Four, Ray Donovan, um, some of the stuff I have never heard of. True Blood. Oh, True Blood, man. Okay. Um, let's see here. He's done some CSI work. Uh, let's see. A lot of stuff I haven't heard of before. Uh, like a, a lot of kind of either TV or like straight to DVD type stuff. All right. Well, we got kind of a general consensus of it. So that's yeah. good. When it's, tell us uh, his name again. Matthew Jensen. Matthew Jensen. Well, Matthew, if you uh, ever stumble upon this podcast, good job. Kudos to you. Indeed. Matthew. So moving on from cinematography and going into acting, um, acting wise, I felt that a lot of it, a lot of the actors did a superb job, honestly. I think that that the the guy, um, let me see if I can bring up his name so I can give him proper. Danny Huston, um, he, you know, he he played Ludendorff. If he was the the no, yeah. German general, no, he was good. He has a yeah. presence. Yeah, he had kind of that uh, despicable vibe about him. Right. Um, 
I, uh, I honestly really liked who the Dr. Poison lady was. Um, let me see if I can find her. Yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen to her, honestly, because... I found her. Her name is Elena Anayu. Or no, Anaya. Excuse me. Elena Anaya. <laughs> That's an A, but it looks like a U. Elena. Uh, I, because she was evil. And even some of the Germans didn't like her. They were calling her a witch. Like, right. you're a witch over there. Da, da, da. So she wasn't really liked. She just had this good partnership with the, with the general. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it was interesting. She was only in a handful of scenes. But the scenes that she, were, that she was in was like, she had presence. Like, yeah. like that scene where she was looking at the fireplace and Steve comes yep. over and he's, you know, trying to just gussy her scene. up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that scene and also the scene where she's about to get um, stomped by a tank. Yeah. Um, both of those scenes, you know, half her face is covered. So, yeah. so as a result, a lot of the facial acting is also hidden. So she had to rely a lot on, on her eyes. And I felt that that she did a really nice job, all things considered. I felt like she was more of a complex character. She wasn't just like, oh, I'm evil. <laughs> you know, like, like there was actually a lot of pain back there. Perhaps like there was a backstory of um, different events that had transpired um, in her life that caused her to get to this point and she was just mad at the world kind of thing. But yet if there was the right kind of person who could mm-hmm. bring her back, you know. Yeah. Um, I found myself really being curious as to what more um, this character had to bring to the table. So I don't know if, we're, if we will ever see her again. Probably not. But um, definitely, I think is, is it's noteworthy. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned the the fireplace scene because that's exactly what I was thinking of. And when well, throughout the movie, whenever you see her, she's just she has one one face, mm-hmm. right? one expression that you know she's making this sulfur mustard gas kind of stuff. Yep. And, and she's evil and whatever, whatever. But, and, and she thinks that, it, I mean, she's not approachable. Let's just put it that way. She's not approachable. And yeah. here comes Steve. <laughs> and you're, you're just not going to live, live that down, are you? <laughs> so he's obviously a, a, a good little more pep in your step. <laughs> so he's obviously the good looking guy. Just like you. Just like even me more so, Russ. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Steve Rogers and then Steve, whatever his last name is from this movie. All these good looking Steves yeah, around know, here, man. man. The first person you would think to be good looking in a comic book is named Steve. <laughs> I, I feel flattered. Uh, yeah, I don't think there are any Russells <laughs> in comic books, unfortunately. If only they could be a little more like, you know, five foot eight. And then that would make me feel great. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> so they, you have this scene where, uh, you know, he comes up to her and he's trying to flatter her, obviously. Yeah. And she hasn't received much flattery sure. in her later years. Let's yeah. put it that way. And she doesn't know how to really respond to it, but, but she's still a woman. Yeah. She's still feminine and she's responding as such. And you saw the little subtleties of that. And I thought that was pretty good acting mm-hmm. uh, because it came across very natural where he's complimenting her and he's flattering her. He's not going above and beyond. Right. He, but he's giving her the attention that she lacks. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, when Wonder Woman walks in looking beautiful and elegant in that flowing blue gown. Oh my goodness. She was beautiful. Yeah. And, and then Steve's trying to keep his composure. Yeah. Like how could you yeah. not look at that beauty? Yeah. Coming, you're just like, Oh, and he's like going the mission, the mission, the mission. Right. And she sees it as I'm sure many women have seen their yeah. men gaze at other women. Right. Caught you. Yeah. And so she, then she didn't, you know, just spit in his face, but she kind of went, well, you're, 
it's obvious your gaze is elsewhere. Sort of thing. Uh-huh. And she just played that off and walked away. I thought that was very well done, even yeah. though that was a very small scene. Yeah. Very a- true to life. Another actress that I thought did a wonderful job. Her name is Lucy Davis. And she played Edda, who was Steve's secretary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like her. Oh, I like her a lot. You know, yeah. um, she had a lot of spunk to her, which I appreciated. I really liked when they were trying to find an outfit for Wonder Woman and, and just the lines that she had and just being a dependable character. I thought that was cool too. Although when she took the shield, like when, when Wonder Woman handed over her, her sword and shield to um, Etta, she did a facial expression that confused me because at first she had a kind of like, like this weird, like ulterior motive grimace that she did. And I was like, Oh, is she a spy? Like is she a German spy? Like what's yeah. the deal? And then, but it wasn't the case. Like she came back uh, later on when uh, wonder woman saved Steve's buttocks from uh, those guys who were going to try and shoot her. Uh, and she came with a, with her sword and shield at that point. So that it laid that, that possibility to bed. But I, I don't know. That always stuck onto me. Like why? Maybe she saw that like there were men who were following them or something. I don't know. Like it, it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it was kind of like a five minute long oh, uh, depending oh. On, on what was going on on screen. Yeah. Was, um. So yeah, that, that, that was worthy of mention as well, just seeing her. And I, and I knew I would like her anyway, just from the trailers. Uh, she just was just this fun personality. <clears throat> We've already talked about Gal Gadot, of course, and Chris Pine. No, we acting. haven't. Well, well, do you want to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin Wright, of course, Danny, David. Um, yeah, just I mean, they all did. They did. They, they they brought their A game. I felt like. Yeah. So definitely dig that. Moving on to special effects. Okay, so this is an area that for me. Uh, certain sequences were breathtaking while others looked too CGI to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there were certain scenes, like once again, like you could tell that they put a lot of time and effort into the no man's land scene with right. like all those, those bullets you could see them like, like right. bouncing off her shield and off of her uh, bracers and stuff. Like, it's like, Oh yeah. Like, the, like super cool. Even like when she went in, when, when she got launched into the, the church steeple to take out the sniper, I thought that was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, like you could tell CGI, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Oh gosh. Like, could you make it any more CGI? Yeah. Um, however, there were other sequences I felt like where I don't know if the budget just ran out or, or if there were some technicalities involved, but I felt like it, it kind of brought me out of the moment a bit. And um, in this day and age, I just, it wasn't like they were pushing the envelope in terms of a lot of these True. special effects. And so it's like, okay, come on, you guys. Like, I don't know if there were time constraints involved or what the deal was, but uh, that was an area that I, I kind of did a mental check of, of just like, okay, well, this is, this could have been done a little bit better. Yeah. To me, it was the physics. And yeah, that's probably what yeah. it was. And it's, for some reason, game developers, when they make, when they, when they make a game, they can do it and they, they have the physics pretty down. It's it's kind of an off, like an like an anomaly. If if you see a game, or a cutscene from a game, mm-hmm. and they don't have the physics down, yeah, you know. So I thought, okay, and I, I don't know what the equipment is like when you make a game versus when you're make working on a movie. I, I mean, it's all top notch stuff, right? But I thought, you know, it's 2017. Like we can we can get the physics physics down. I mean, I've, and I've seen it in like, I think it was the third Blade back in the day and I've seen it in some of the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I got to watch Blade again. Yeah. I love that trilogy. Yeah, where it's it's typically when they jump or when they land, you think they get kind of stretchy, kind of gumby. And uh, I thought, 
you can't like we don't know that they weigh anything. You're like, what yeah. in the world? Come on. Yeah, I, I know the budget. I think for this film was like 150 million dollars. I mean, they had quite a bit of money back there, and there really weren't any kind of heavy hitter actors that command like a 20 million dollar salary, right. at least to my knowledge. So, yeah, it was a bit of a <laughs> head scratcher. But at the same time, you know, all of them, all of the the special effects were were not like that. They, there were certain sequences that actually looked great. They looked they looked really nice. Um. Moving into the costume, and this is something that I am I'm really thrilled to talk about. So the designer, the costume designer on the show is Lindy Hemming, and she is just one of the best, in my opinion, and really I, I'm sure this opinion is shared with many others in Hollywood, but she seriously is one of the best costume designers I've ever seen. And her repertoire of uh, different films that she has collaborated on um, are, is very vast and impressive. And so I was very excited to see what she would do with it. And I caught, you know, you, you catch glimpses of it through like the posters and through the trailers. And of course, you know, gazing upon that, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. This yeah, this is, this is showing some major potential, but, um, the wonder woman costume is, is very iconic um, even even the classical version of Wonder Woman, like when you see the old school version, it is it is still iconic to this day. And so I was I was curious to see how they could maintain a lot of what made the classic costume iconic, but then also fuse it with more modern. Um, I don't know, more of a modern fashion, I guess you could say. And I felt that that she just did an A plus job on the the uniform from top to bottom. I, I just absolutely loved how it exuded um, that feminine uh, feminine strength, but also just just what what it is to be a woman. Um, I loved how there were, especially like in the twenties, like in World War One in that era women dressed very differently back then than, than they do today. They're much more conservatively, much more like layers upon layers yeah. upon layers of clothes. Yeah. I really appreciated how they actually had a scene in the movie where she was trying on. It was an opportunity to be able to like see all these different types of clothes that were, you know, deemed in fashion back in the day, which actually the, the, the outfit that she ended up going with, I really did like a yeah. lot. Like there were yeah. certain um, outfits back in the day that actually I just, um, found to be very tasteful and, and just cool looking for lack of a better way of saying it. But um, what I really loved about the, there's certain sequences. And again, this goes back to more of the subtleties of the film, like these things that don't are not like smack dab in the middle of your face, but like, like there was a scene where they're walking outside in London and she has on that big black coat of hers that's hiding her, her uniform. And at one point she's ready to go to battle because she thinks that, that they're almost there. And so she begins to take her coat off. And so you, once again, you see this like brief glimpse of the awesomeness of her uniform. And it was such a contrast to see that among all these other women who were dressed in their, their twenties outfits walking right. by and stuff. And it's just, I, I felt like there was there was more of a meaning like a, like a hidden message of that um, that scene too where like you know that was the visual side of things but also it just goes to show like just the progress that that society has had with regards to women in the sense of like you know you don't have to 
you know, behave in this, this certain way, or you don't have to dress in this certain way or, or be expected to be, um, not a part of the Senate. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, you know, back in the, there were all these expectations of like, Oh, a woman's place is here. A, a woman's behind um, the scenes. Yeah. Like, like the expectations of how a woman should conduct herself or what she was allowed to do or not allowed to do that sort of thing. And I felt like that was communicated visually through, seeing those things. I mean, just, just seeing that brief moment of her about to come out and, and want to um, help save lives and that sort of thing and, and, and take down Aries. And you see like, like that red, golden blue just for a brief moment. And then, you know, Steve quickly goes over there and covers like, no, 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 you can't do that. You cover up, cover up, you know? Um, once again, it had that majestic quality that was just like, Oh, just let her do her thing. You know, like, like it, it was, there were all those little glimpses that, that the director did. And I love that because by the time when she gets once again to like that no man's land where all of a sudden it's official, she takes that coat, she sloughs it off. It's almost like a butterfly that's being born out of cocoon. Letting her hair down. Yeah. She took the clips out. I mean, she was, she was all business at that point. Um, and just seeing it, I, I just really appreciated, um, the utilitarian aspect of the outfit, but also more of the beauty of the aspect of, of the, the, the costume as well, where like you just, you had parts of it that was undeniably female, but also there was a strength, like a quiet strength, like I mentioned earlier to it. What'd you think? Uh, I, I thought that very similar. Um, they could have gone many different directions with the outfit and I'm glad they, they, a had the color palette down because mm-hmm. you, know, all, you have to match the colors. I thought some of the superhero movies, kind of like you know X Men, let's you know say for example, you know oh we're gonna right. give them all black costumes. Oh wow, original thought, black tight you know rubber costumes, right. great. So I'm glad they didn't mess with the costume uh, that much, and I'm glad they let her be again feminine without having her be like overly sexual or sexy or you yeah. know, showing too much skin. Like I get it, but. Um, I, I love, I, you know, there's, there's a time and a place. I love how they dressed though back then at the same time, sure. especially the, the dudes, like yeah, yeah, everyone's dressed up a notch better. I mean, yeah. suits and vests, hats, ties, it's the slacks, the whole deal. Like mm-hmm. everyone just took it a step up. I really like that time period as far as, as, as dress goes. That is true. I mean, back in the day, like in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. 60s, I mean, there was a, an extended period of time there where people really did dress up a bit more when yeah. they went out and about for their business. You know, in this day and age where we are, um, I feel like we've gone the the polar opposite <laughs> where, where people are a bit too dressed down, including myself. I, mean, I am guilty of this, but yeah, I, I totally agree. When I see um, sequences like that, and you, and you see how people were dressed, uh, you're just like, and, and the crazy thing was, is that back in the day, those people maybe had like three or four different, right. you know, outfits overall. And that was it. And so it, it meant a lot to them to be able to have, you know, if, Hey, if you're only going to have like four shirts, then they better be really yeah. nice shirts. Yeah. If you're only going to have four pairs of pants, they better be really nice pants. Right. Um, in this day and age, you know, um, life overall has gotten better. And so, you know, as a result, you can have your rag tags mixed in with like your more nicer suits and stuff. So you want to go on a date? I'll wear my best sneakers and hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. you, but you got to be in heels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a disparaging, uh, situation there, but, um, well, cool. Well, I have actually compiled a list Have you? of Wonder Woman trivia. Oh, 
courtesy of IMDb. IMDb. So I thought that it would be fun to go through this because there is actually quite a bit of fun little tidbits in here that was um, a direct result of how this film came to be. I'm sure there is, Rose. Without further ado, let's get started. <clears throat> Gal Gadot yeah. was a part of reshoots for the movie, including stunts while being five months pregnant. What? Her baby bump was visible, so the crew created a costume which had oh, a yeah. green screen around her belly. That's so funny. I which, think I heard about this. <laughs> which was later removed during post-production. I mean, she was pregnant during that whole thing. And five months, I mean, that's basically like you're halfway there. You're, you're, only, you're only pregnant for nine months. So, I mean, she was beginning to show. And I thought that that was a pretty fun technique of, of like, you know, introducing the green screen Man. in such a way to give her a flat tummy again. That's cool. But being able <laughs> to do the movie as being preggy prego. Yeah. Let's make sure a wonder woman in its own right, I guess. Here, here. Spot on, I say. <laughs> Next. Next. It is the first female dominant superhero film in 12 years since Elektra, which debuted in 2005. Elektra? Wasn't that Elektra? Who was it? Electra, that was... Um, Charlize Theron? No, 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 no. That was... Uh, I see her face. Um, she was married to Ben Affleck there for a while, and I think they have since been divorced. They have... Um, what is her name? Go ahead. IMDb it. <clears throat> I think that she, was... She's a- doing commercials and stuff now. I mean, she, she's still... Jennifer Gardner, I think, is her name. Garner or Gardner? Gardner. Uh, you're going to have to make sure I, I don't want to butcher her name. That was in 2005. Yep. Electra. Gardner, G-A-R-N-E-R. Yeah, that's right. Jennifer Gardner. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, moving forward here, director Patty Jenkins was originally in talks with WB to direct the film back in 2005. So that was like 12 years ago. Man. But due to her unexpected pregnancy, she had to step down. So Patty got pregnant as well back in the day. It happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't know how it happens, but it happens. <laughs> We still need to have that conversation about the birds and the bees, don't we, Steve? I don't get a help what birds have to do with bees, really. <laughs> I think the birds eat the bees. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jenkins claimed that Wonder Woman is the film she's been wanting to do her whole life and that she was fortunate to come back to it. So, I mean, once again, I think that that, that shows you know in the film is like you have this director who's obviously very passionate about the, the, the source material and... I mean, considering the fact that she was trying to get it greenlit for the last 12 years, I mean, that says a lot. So this film has been in development since 1996 when Ivan Reitman was hired to write and direct it. And I think if it's the Ivan Reitman I'm thinking of, I think that was the director of Ghostbusters, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Oh, let me look into it, Ron. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, in January 2001, Silver Pictures approached Todd Alcott to write a Wonder Woman script. He was replaced in August of 2003 with Lida. Oh, man. Let's see if I can say this right. Calogridis? Calogridis? We'll, we'll just go with that. You're right, by the way, director uh, Ivan Rittman. Rittman, yeah. Rittman. Rittman. Rufa. Later in March of 2005, Joss Whedon, who once again you know, is the director of The Avengers, was hired to not only write, but also direct the film. But in February of 2007, he left due to creative differences. On November 24th of 2014, Michelle McLaren was confirmed as director, but she dropped out 
on March 13th of 2015 due to creative differences. So you can tell, I mean, there has been this ongoing pre-production process of like, okay, how exactly are we going to tell the story? And there are notable people who were initially attached to the project, but then, you know, due to one reason or another, they decided to leave or they had other, um, other events going on outside of their day job. Uh, so yeah, pretty interesting to see how that came about. This film has been in development. Uh, no, I already said that. Excuse me. Let me uh, scroll down here in my notes. Say something else interesting. Okay. Something else interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, every design decision made for Themyscira, which is the capital city that serves as the Amazon people's government and place of, of origin for wonder woman. Um, came down to the director, Patty Jenkins, and designer Lindy Hemming. And uh, they asked, how would women want to live that's badass? Um, Hemming crafted a look to show off the Amazon's ripped shoulders and toned legs, emphasized by wrist braces and heel sandals, because Jenkins explained, as a woman, I want Wonder Woman to fight and look great at the same time. In my opinion, this means she has really long legs. Oh, there you go, really the long yeah. leg thing. Um, there were several campaigns and arrangements for the first live action Wonder Woman who was uh, Linda Carter. You know, she was the one from TV series and stuff to have a cameo appearance in this film, but they were unable to manage it due to her schedule of singing for cabaret, which I'm like, if I'm Linda, I'm like, uh, yeah, I will take that cameo. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a little confused by that one, but fire that manager. (laughs) (laughs) Producer Zack Snyder, actually has a cameo in this film as a one, uh, as a wonder war. Sorry, there's a lot of W words here. Uh, he has a cameo in wonder woman as a world war one soldier and I didn't see him. So next time I see the film, I have to keep an eye out, but he, I imagine he's got to be in the trenches in that trench trench scene. Yeah. Patty Jenkins is the first woman to direct a superhero film with a female protagonist. I would figure that'd be true, Russ. Mm-hmm. This one is actually quite interesting. Oh? The film was banned in Lebanon. I heard about that, yeah. Because its star Gal Gadot is Israeli and served in the military, That's and so Lebanon is officially at war with Israel. That is so funny. Yeah. Can we all put our guns down and just have some entertainment for once? Yeah, put down the guns and pick up some popcorn. Let's go watch a movie. I mean, they're, they're, let me, they're, it's their loss, Russ. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. I feel very peaceful watching the movie. (laughs) Ticket selling site Fandango reported that Wonder Woman rounded the final leg of its marketing campaign as the most anticipated blockbuster of summer 2017, according to a poll conducted by 10,000 voters, the biggest survey in company history. Separately, Fandango also found that 92% of people surveyed said that they are looking forward to, to see a film that features a standalone female superhero, and 87% wished Hollywood would make more female-led superhero films. So I thought that was pretty cool, considering the fact that I do believe they have now got a proper entry into that whole True. Uh, void, if you will. Um, Although I would say, even though she's not star of the movie, Scarlett Johansson and uh, what's it, Black Widow? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not, it, it's not, obviously not a Black Widow movie, but I mean, she's definitely a character that keeps on coming back as a strong female force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think they're talking about just the fact that having like a the main character, the, right? The main you know, yeah, 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 right. For the Japanese dub of the film, Wonder Woman is voiced by Kotono Mitsuishi, 
best known as the voice of Sailor Moon, which I sweet. Yeah, I mean we both know Sailor. Yeah. Like Wonder Woman, Sailor Moon is a princess heroine of divine heritage and based on Greco-Roman mythology. So I was like, oh, how appropriate is that? I'd like to see the interview with uh, with her. Mm-hmm. See how uh, she answers something. Or see what she says to, to doing that. That, that. I think I'm going to have to YouTube that. Hopefully yeah. it's uh, Let's see here. Director Patty Jenkins shares a birthday with the original Wonder Woman actress, Linda Carter, which is July 24th. No I'm yeah. telling you, all the all the stars were in the uh, were in alignment for this. <laughs> it was meant to be. Uh, let's see here. The film wrapped on May third, two thousand sixteen, which is the same day Wonder Woman creator William Moulton Marston was born. Wow. Once again, I mean, there are parallels here. I'm just like, dude. <laughs> How about them apples? The filmmakers cite the superhero film Superman of 1978 and Batman Begins of 2005, the Indiana Jones retro adventure films, the wartime film Casablanca, which was from 1942, and the Disney adventure film The The Little Mermaid as influences for this film. So I thought that was an interesting blending of, or blender, if you will, of of different films, which I could see. I could see the Superman. I could see the Batman. uh, Indiana Jones a little bit. Yeah, I could see that in there. Casablanca, especially considering it was in the 40s. You know, they, of course, were were taking place in the 20s. But The Little Mermaid, I thought, was interesting, Mm. uh, which I could kind of see. I I would need to give that a bit more thought. But, uh, you know, Little Mermaid, Ariel, of course, was a very independent girl. And uh, she was all about, you know, trying to see what was beyond her realm, you know, her little underwater island, if you will. (laughs) Underwater (laughs) oasis. Yeah, exactly. Eva Green was considered for the role of Wonder Woman. I can see it. And later for the role of Dr. Poison. Man. Yeah. Okay. So this one is, is something I wanted to just touch on really quick. So did I ever tell you I met Eva Green? Yes, you did. Okay. She is one of my favorite actresses. She has, once again, she's beautiful and she's got that like acting chop thing down and she's got lots of complexity. She's got that, that very inner strength that Wonder Woman um, is, you know, known for. She has the eyes. Like she has that. Yes. I'm hiding something and you don't know what my motive is. Look, mm-hmm. but, but what was interesting was that like the, the fact that she was considered for both roles, both wonder woman and Dr. Poison. I was like, she could have done either. Like, I would be curious to see how she could pull off. Cause like, I don't know if you've saw, if you ever saw the uh, 300 sequel, of course, Russ. Well, I don't know. I saw it with you. You saw it with, Oh, oh man. And apparently I, uh, I well, uh, blocked that from my memory. She was also in Casino Royale. I loved her in Casino yeah. Royale. In fact, when I met her, I told her, I was like, by I the way, in Casino Royale. I did. I, <laughs> I, I told her, I, I like, I, I shook her hand and I was just like, by the way, I thought you were absolutely fantastic in Casino Royale and everything. And she was just like, Oh, thank you. You oh and the rest of the 500 guys. I just shook. Yeah, exactly. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where would I wash my hands after this? This is gross. Purell. Um, anybody? I need some Purell. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I would have, I mean, having said that, I do really love who they cast for those two roles, but if those women were not available, I think that Eva Green could have been for sure a very nice fill in yeah. for that. 
despite being a part of the DC extended universe and not connected to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, that trilogy shares a costume designer with this film, Lindy Hemming, which I mentioned to you before we started recording. Um, and once again, <laughs> I would love to take her out to lunch if I ever had the opportunity to be able to like just just listen to her tell her story of just how she got into costume design, how she goes through her creative process of getting inspired for whichever film that she's on. Lunch or tea and crumpets? Uh, you know, she might be a little bit more into tea since she is I want, British. I want to take you out, madam. Maybe for some tea and crumpets. Yes. Yeah, definitely. May uh, I escort you to the nearest cafe? If you ever get a chance to look at some of the behind the scenes footage from like the Batman films, definitely check it out. Cause um, she, especially like, like she did the Joker for Heath Ledger. Like she came up with that whole outfit there, which, you know, once again, she was trying to find something that was iconic cause the Joker is very iconic, but then also bring in some of that more modern sensibilities. I like that. Oh, <laughs> he's it. back. I love it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and last but certainly not least, one of the other little tidbits from IMDb that I thought was worthy. In the comics, Batman once called Wonder Woman the best melee fighter in the world. Did he? That's what issue, Ron? That's some high praise right there, Steve. I don't know what the issue is. They didn't have it listed. No, but but still, I was like, oh, very noteworthy. So it must have been some bat flirtation right there. Well, you do know that Diana has a thing for Superman. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Batman's kind of the bad boy of the bunch, but uh, <clears throat> he's kind of the Wolverine of the DC world, you know? Wonder Woman likes her some Superman. Likes her some Boy Scout. Like me some red underwear and red cape. <laughs> <laughs> she digs a man who has no problem wearing his underwear on the outside of his pants. <laughs> That's a new fashion trend and I like it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that about wraps it up for us on episode 11. And we really hope that you guys have had as much fun as we had reviewing this. I know that Steve and I have been just absolutely excited to try and <laughs> hold as many thoughts together as possible after seeing the film. I, I think I, I got that from you and, and you got that from me as well. Just walking out, we're like, hey, don't say anything. Don't yeah. say anything. <laughs> and, like uh, the weather at 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, the weather was really mild and nice. Kind of balmy. Yeah. Like you were on some uh, far off Italian Greek island, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I was kind of expecting some Amazonian princess to walk by or something. I don't know. Anyway, if you have any questions, comments, or something uh, saucy you'd like to say, you can go ahead and spout off to us on our Twitter page at TV. You can find us on Facebook.com slash TV, And, of course, uh, this recording will be made available on SoundCloud as well with uh, TV. And to end things on a proper note, we are going to play for you one more segment from the Warner Brothers trailer just because the music is just that good. Until next time, happy gaming, guys. I'm Steve Travers, secretary. What is a secretary? I go where he tells me to go and I do what he tells me to do. Yeah, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. 
I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, I, after you. I do. I like her.